everyone and welcome back to the Monday Morning Faith Podcast. My name is Emily and I am going to talk to you guys today about living in want. Um, So if you would like to get your Bibles out, if not, I'll be saying it and you can just follow and listen along. Um, But either way, today's topic is about living in want. And I'm leaving you guys with this one overarching statement that I want to reflect on and go through and really analyze with you today. And that is living in want is a choice. And, um, yeah, I really want to work through this idea with you guys because I think it really hits hard with where we're at as a society today. And I feel like it's really, um, tempting, um, all throughout the world, um, and in all of our ways to live in want. And I I want to talk about a biblical response to that. Um, one passage that really strikes me quite deeply is, um, in Philippians 4, verses 11 through 13. I'm going to read that to you guys now. For I have learned to be content, whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. I can do all this through him who gives me strength. Um, wow, just what a beautiful, beautiful um, passage there. I just it really strikes me um, right to my heart. And um, we know that God um, tests our hearts. That's in Proverbs 17, 3. It says the Lord tests our hearts and he knows how we feel, not just our thoughts, but the true character of of ourselves. And um, I think it's a real challenge in today's day and age to, to not live in want. And this um, letter in Philippians... Um, it's from Paul and he's writing to Philippi and we know about Paul's life a little bit at least um, that we know for sure and he was in prison and so he has certainly there's a lot of credibility with what he's saying here about knowing what it is to be in need and then he's also um, we know that Paul was um, a very powerful powerful ruler and um, he killed many Christians before he gave his life to Christ. So he also knows what it is to have plenty. So he's been on both sides of this. Um, now, some of us know what it is to uh, be poor. Others know what it is to be wealthy. And some of us know um, what would be known and more so as a middle class, that, that comfortable middle ground. And, um, you know, but I, I think there's a lot of um, there's a lot of wisdom that comes in living in both riches and um, rags. There's a lot of wisdom that comes from seeing and personally experiencing both sides of that. Um, Now, that's not going to be everyone's life experience, but I think we ought to dwell from the experiences of those around us um, and learn from them, absolutely. Um, You know, learn from our wealthy friends and family members, um, the consequences, the temptations, the the burdens, uh, just as we were to learn from you know, those friends and families of ours, the people God places in our life that, you know, have dealt with really difficult circumstances to be poor and in need and just, um, you know, to be dealt that rough hand and, you know, to learn from that situation as well. Um, I think it's important that we we keep pressing on um, to learn more about that. Um, We know that in Proverbs 18.15, it says, the heart of the discerning acquires knowledge, for the ears of the wise seek it out. 
And that's kind of the overarching theme of Proverbs, which is to seek wisdom and knowledge and then to, to keep it in your hearts and actually practice it with your actions and words. And so um, I think it's important that we do derive wisdom and any learning we can from being in need and in want, as Paul's talking about here. But um, in greater context, when he says uh, in verse 11, for I have learned to be content whatever the circumstances, I think that is maybe the key to a satisfying Christian life or any life whatsoever, to be content whatever the circumstances. And that is a huge call. And frankly, I believe that that is only possible um, through relationship with God and a surrendering of your life to God um, and all the areas. Um, So I think that we ought to really look into what it means to be content in all things which is a challenge by all means. It's not easy. I don't think that this is something that comes naturally to anyone. I think this is either a product of a really harsh circumstance or life that someone's been through, and now they're able to be content because of the difficulties and the distraughtness that they've been put through. And so, um, but for other people, there's a there's a lot of work that goes into the, that being content. That, you know, it's like... Um, when children in Africa are given a toy um, in rural areas, they're just um, overjoyed and they're just so thrilled. Um, And, you know, they value it. They're so content with it. And then whereas if you give a child in a a more um, developed country a toy, there's not that same appreciation and contentment with it. And that kind of um, gets into the circumstances thing. and so it's hard to compare people's lives like that um, because their situations are so different. But um, within your own life, because um, the comparison is just so that we can see the broad spectrum of the way God works in our lives. But when we talk about being content whatever the circumstances, we must, um, yeah, look to the examples of those around us. But we should not compare ourselves in terms of measuring levels of content because then we get into the whole dialogue of, oh, well, God's blessed them with a pool and uh, a cabin and a vacation home. And um, and then how can I be content with what I have because they have so much more? And of course, if I just had more, then I would be content. Or you start comparing yourself to the woman at your workplace and you're like, well, if I just had the promotion she got, well, then I would be content. And um, it's easy for her to be content. Of course, she can be content. She has more than I do. Um And so I think we ought to not compare ourselves when it comes to practicing contentment because that's how the enemy gets hold of us. That is where envy and greed and uh, desire stems from. Uh, To covet is a huge biblical word, but covet is to basically be jealous, to want something you don't have. And um, that is how the enemy pries um, into our minds and uses... um, the comparison of ourselves to others to um, to sow the seed in us of coveting and jealousy. And then if we let that seed land and grow, we are unable to be content because we're too busy looking elsewhere, thinking, oh, well, look what God's done for her. Look what God's done for him. You know, it's hard to be happy with the blessings God's given to us. 
and I was reading a book actually the other day um from JP um yeah Jonathan Polduck it's called why do I do what I don't want to do and it talks about um a bunch of different deadly vices um and it gives each one an antidote to them and he was talking in one of the chapters about um basically how we need to practice um gratitude and he was talking about how he writes down five things every morning he's grateful for and that's part of his uh daily practice and thanking god for those things so i think that's a great key to being content is to constantly remind yourself of every blessing god's given you and no matter what you're going through um whether it be the death of a family member or um you know any hardship really that God is putting you through at this time, um, you know, even in poverty and despair, even in a prison cell, you can absolutely still find um, things that the Lord has blessed you with. Um, you know, whether it be clean drinking water or electricity or um, a mother that loves you, you know, a friend that cares for you, there's always things in our lives that we ought to not take for granted, not let these things be expectations because that is where discontentment also stems from, an expectation that God owes us something, that God owes us um, healthy organs, God owes us uh, a family with uh, no strife, God owes us a multitude of friends, God owes us a marriage, God owes us children, God owes us all these things. It's our expectations that weigh us down. And if we have such high expectations of God and his blessings, um, then we treat them more like transactions and blessings. And in that, at that point, how can we be grateful for it? How can we step back and actually be thankful? And uh, a lack of thankfulness, a lack of gratitude, a lack of appreciation for the blessings you currently have um, certainly leads to a lack of uh, contentment. And um, it, it's, a, it's a hard battle, and it certainly, I feel like the enemy has been working very hard on this. Um, in a lot of people's hearts in this day and age, um, I think it would have been, um, in the early 2000s, more of an attack on women, uh, through things like consumerism and shopping, um, comparing, uh, when housewives would compare themselves to the wife next door. Um, but now I would argue that it's, uh, it's infiltrated the whole, the whole family structure and we have, um, parents and grandparents on social media, um, being exposed to so much, um, so much that we potentially were never meant to really be exposed to. It wasn't really in God's natural design to be comparing ourselves at such high levels. And when you look at um, the comparisons you see every day on social media, I mean, you're comparing yourself to thousands of people a day, thousands of situations a day. Um, and that is a heavy weight for anyone to carry. Um, and it's a lot for anyone to bear. And so, um, I would also encourage you that if you're looking at um, if you're looking at your phone or if you're with people and you catch yourself in this uh, stage of discontentment and of coveting and of want, um, I encourage you to walk away in a way that is God honoring to the situation. Um, so obviously, you know, if you're with your friends and you're at the mall and you see a bunch of things you want to buy 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 and you don't need them and you're just you keep comparing yourself to the other girls in the mall with their pretty outfits um 
I encourage you to um to try and get out of that mall situation go propose you guys watch a movie instead and um go propose you guys go get some ice cream instead and and then give it to god right um because everyone has different difficulties in this life with contentment you know sometimes it's not about pretty outfits sometimes it's about a heck of a lot more than that sometimes it's about your own um your own security your own safety you know um sometimes you're looking at people that live in safe neighborhoods and have um you know they're in these houses and they have so much uh, that you want, which is not a lot. They just are able to pay their rent on time. You know, they don't have um, a disability, X, Y, Z. And you, all you want is for God to give you the physical healing so that you can work and pay your rent. And um, it's hard to do that when you're constantly comparing, constantly comparing, constantly comparing. So narrow in your, um, your reference group. Um, that's a sociology term, reference group. Um, uh, it's basically who you compare yourself to and uh, narrow that in to that it's just you um, just your family just your household um, and I mean family in the sense of if you were um, if you're not living with your parents if you're living um, on your own or with a like a husband or if you guys have kids like with, look within that family uh, and then make that your reference group for contentness um, don't compare yourself to your parents. They're at a different stage of life than you. And uh, that's once again, um, it's not good to compare ourselves to people that have different life circumstances. Um, how can I compare myself to someone who's graduated with a degree and is working when I'm in school? Like, that's not a fair comparison. Um, and that is how, yeah, once again, the devil gets hold of us, tells, and then you can start going down the path of I'm not good enough. I need this. I need that. Um... And then to go back to what Paul's saying in Philippians 4, um, he's saying in verse 12, he's saying, I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. So I'll, uh, I'll pre-expose you to the secret here, a little spoiler, which I already technically read, but the secret here is it's a choice. Every day we're faced with thousands and thousands and thousands of choices. I think there's like been research on it and there's literally humans make thousands of choices a day. They're all little micro choices and frankly they all add up and um, we know that our choices comprise of who we are um, as children of God and um, you know God calls us to live by faith not our works. So um but that doesn't mean our choices don't matter because our choices need to reflect our faith. Um, and basically, living in want is a choice. And even if we're in need, we also have a choice to make. And the choice is to trust God. Um, living in want is a choice. And then when we get to verse 13, it says, I can do all this through him who gives me strength. He's talking about the Lord, of course. And so the choice is, giving everything, all your needs, all your wants to the Lord. That is a choice. And it is him who gives us strength. And I know if you're going through a really difficult time right now, that sounds a bit um, too airy-fairy and not concrete of a solution enough. But, you know, it says that we plan our own, we try and plan our own way. In Proverbs 18.21, it says, Many are the plans in a person's heart, but it is the Lord's purpose that prevails. So the Lord's purpose is going to prevail no matter what. 
Um, we know that is how eternity plays out. We know how that is how our days and our lives play out. And we know that we have many plans in our hearts, but it is our job to make every plan in God's light. And in doing so, we lift everything up to him. We surrender control. That is the call of faith. It is to trust the Lord with every scenario, with every circumstance. There is nothing too small and little for him. There's nothing too big and great for him. If you need help finding a job, if you need help with your rent, if you need you know, to be able to afford clothes on your children's back, um, no matter where you're at, no matter what you're going through, it, it's to give to God. It's him who gives us strength. It is the relationship with God that gives us strength. It is singing in the car on the way to work, worship music, and surrendering your heart to the Lord. It is being in his word and listening to every good word he has to say and give to you to apply, to gain that wisdom we talked about for the situation so that you can face it because it is his living word that gives us that strength. And it is a relationship through prayer, through lifting everything up to him that gives us the strength. And without it, we will always live in want. The needs turn into wants, the wants remain wants, and we can't ever get out of the cycle of never having enough. I mean, I don't know about you, But there are so many days where I feel like there is nothing God can bless me with that would be enough for me to stop asking. And I sometimes will challenge myself to pray um, and pray only Thanksgiving and pray only for others and not ask anything for myself because I am trying to practice more gratitude in my life um, because I feel like I can't be content when I always want, want, want. Um, And... That is the key um, in all of it, is to give it to the Lord. We know this. I want to read the passage for you guys just one more time because I really want you guys to have an opportunity to meditate on this, to bring this to the Lord, that living in want is a choice. And the choice is to give it to the Lord um, in all that you do. So let's read this part again here, verses 11 through 13 of Philippians 4. For I have learned to be content whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. I can do all this through him that gives me strength. And it's just, that is a secret. And I just appreciate how clearly, I think sometimes a lot of uh, Bible passages and verses require like some really extreme uh, diving into you. You got to understand a lot of context and you got to um, dig deep into theology and like talk to it through with other people, like a small group or at the church or maybe some family and friends. But um, I appreciate how Paul just lays us out um, just with such clarity. He tells you the secret in verse 13. He makes it so clear. He lays out all the boundaries of the scenario in need and want. He knows what it is to have plenty. And he knows the secret, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. And it's just, wow. Like, I I think there was so much wisdom in, in Paul's mind. But I certainly have a lot of gratitude that he put it to pen and paper. <laughs> um, so that we have the opportunity to learn from it. Um, that's why I just believe the Bible is absolutely spirit inspired and, um, that God, it's God's living word and God speaking through, through these apostles and disciples and just, um, 
so amazing. Um, I want to fast forward a little bit to verse 16. It said, For even when I was in the Thessalonia, you sent me aid more than once when I was in need. And he's talking about um, the people that he's writing to in Philippi, that they had sent him aid when he was in need. And I think that's just an example of when you surrender everything to the Lord. Like, you know, money might not fall from the sky, but I've heard stories of that happening. Well, not necessarily from the sky, but I've heard stories of people who were about to foreclose on their house but needed, you know, a few hundred dollars, but they were bankrupt and they were about to lose a house and a cash envelope showed up in the mail with the exact dollar amount. So it's just like um, Jairus's daughter, even if you're dead, God can still give you a new heart. Um, and that's a quote from Jacqueline Hill Perry at the um, Passion Conference. Um, but it's true. Even if, you know, even if you're dead, God can give you a new heart. And even if you're in need, God can uh, render his people together and, and gather them to, to come to your aid and give you what you need. God is the one who's able to fulfill our needs. And the problem lies within trying to fill our needs within the world. Because the world will tell you if you're short on your rent, like, you know, people, the world would rather convince you to go to prostitution and to stripping or dancing, however you'd like to refer to it. Um, the world would sooner um, convince you to go do that to meet your needs than they would to get on your hands and knees and pray to the Lord every single day and surrender it and to just work tirelessly and commit all of your works to the hands of of the Lord and to just give everything over to him. Um, you know, the world's going to try and convince you to fill all of your wants and needs in the most unhealthy, um, destructive ways that at first feel good and pleasurable, but will rip you down and tear you apart from within. And before you know it, it's like an infestation, it's an infection. They'll tell you when you're um, dealing with anxiety because of family conflict that you should turn to alcohol, just go for a few drinks with your friends, you'll feel better. And then it slowly turns into an addiction. And now you've fulfilled your needs and wants in the world. And every time that ends badly. And that's why there are so many warnings against that, um, that we see in the Bible. Um, and we just have to thank God for the warnings and the um, blessings he's given each and every one of us um, to to try and keep us on the narrow path, to encourage us that um, he, we can walk down the narrow path with him because we know that it is greater and it is better. Um, and if we're not asking and inviting God into this, these needs and wants in our lives, then we're not offering God the opportunity to, to work in our lives, to, to fulfill those things. Um, yes, God knows our heart and he knows our thoughts, but... Um, it's our job to have a relationship with him. It's like if you love your mom and you're not, you know, speaking to her, yeah, of course she loves you, but you're not inviting her to be a part of the relationship. She can't help you with your homework. She can't um, help you watch your kids. She can't X, Y, Z. Um, if you're not inviting her into that part of your life, she can't meet your needs if you're not asking her to. Um, whereas God absolutely can meet your needs. And in fact, sometimes he does before we even speak um, to him about it. And that is the beauty of a sovereign and just loving and gracious God. But I invite you to, um, to search for him and to seek him because it says when we seek him, we'll find him. And so there's so much more that um, God can do for our lives when we ask him for help. And um, 
He will send us this aid when we're in need. Um, in all things and at all times, he is with us. And there, like I said earlier, there's nothing too little. You, there's no need too little for him to help you out with. Whether it's getting through a difficult lecture um, at school or um, having an awkward conversation with a coworker or boss, there is nothing too little he doesn't want to know about and does not want to help you through. Um, and it's just our job to to surrender all things to the one who gives us strength um, and to remind ourselves constantly that we do not get our strength from worldly things. We don't get our strength from um, worldly relationships, although certainly God can use those um, to bless us. But we do not get our strength by making idols out of, um, out of good things that God has given us, um, such as relationships, such as your husband, your mother, your father, your brother, your sister, your best friend, by making those ultimate and over God, um, that's not helpful at all. In fact, it's, um, it's quite detrimental to our progress in our relationship with God. And so we need to um, get rid of the things we've made ultimate and um, the things that we turn to for our strength need to be um, relationship with God, whatever that looks like for you. It, it, there's no prescriptive way that your relationship with God has to look like, you know, like if you go for a walk in nature and you're praying and just, you know, if that's your thing, then do that because there's no prescriptive way your relationship with God has to work. As long as you're inviting him in to your work in some way, your life in some way, like you can be a painter and invite God in and dedicate the work of your hands to him. And through that, that is honoring to God. That is relationship with God. You know, you can be a banker and still honor offer your day up to God and the work of your hands to God. You can be working at Walmart as a cashier and you can still do that. You can still say, God, let the work of my hands today um, honor you. God, I'm inviting you in. And then he will give us strength and he will give us what we need um, in all things. And in verse 19, it says, and my God will meet all your needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. That says, my God will meet all your needs. Now, that's what I want to get back to is living in want is a choice. It is a choice. And um, never in the Bible, never has God promised to satisfy your every need. Or sorry, your every want, my bad. Um, never has God promised to satisfy your every want, your every desire, your every earthly, fleshly, passionate desire. Um, God's not promising Malibu mansions. Um, he's not promising um, that you'll be famous. He's not promising that you'll get your dream job. He'll not promise X, Y, Z. Um, but he does say that he will meet all of our needs, like true needs. You know, we know the, um, the passage that says, um, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer, petition and thanksgiving, present your request to God and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. And how beautiful is that, that, you know, God is going to meet our needs. If you're having stress and anxiety, that's the recipe. We've talked about this verse from Philippians 4 um, previously, but we know the recipe for every situation is prayer, petition, thanksgiving, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard our hearts and minds. So God will meet your need. If you are experiencing difficulties, God will meet the need. Um, it's just, as Paul says, the secret of being content is giving him everything 
and then he will give us strength. And I also love the um, the one about birds of the air. Let me just find that. Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather in barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not more valuable than they? And I think that's so beautiful. It's like God saying, I'm going to meet your needs. Of course I am. The birds don't sow. They don't, you know, store away in barns. So they don't, like, they don't go to work or a job. They don't, you know, store up all their food. Um, but God still feeds them. God still takes care of them. And how much more valuable are we? And so while we do need to go to work and make sure we've got food at home, um, these are things God is more so even going to abundantly bless us with and help us with. Um, you know, like having a roof over your head and food in your stomach, these are things that God is going to help you with. Um, I truly believe that, that God will meet all your needs. Um, and that doesn't mean there's not going to be difficult times where, you know, yeah, you lose your house or, you know, people go hungry in your house. Um, there's not going to be um, times where you don't suffer. That's why Paul says, whether well-fed or hungry, he's learned this secret. And um, there, there can be difficult times, but ultimately God will bring us through those difficult times and God will sustain us in those difficult times. I mean, look at the all the Christians during uh, the world wars um, that starved and whatnot. There were still blessings in that. Um, there were still God's provision in that, which is so hard to fathom and believe, but um, we know that it's true that God um, still had mercy and grace on um, his loving children in those situations, and um, it's God who's able to meet our needs, Um, but I think we have to reshape what our needs are, Um, you know, the need for love, the need for shelter, the need for food, the need for... um, companionship, the need for wisdom, the need for understanding. Um, There's just so many um, needs that just take a higher precedence than the world has given them. And um, I think it's just so important that we we surrender everything to God and all that we do, and that we remind ourselves that living in want is a choice. Um, And that even when we're in need and missing those things I just rattled off, um, it is God who meets us in the circumstance, but it is our, it is for our benefit to learn, uh, to seek the Lord's strength so that we can be content in the circumstance. Um, it is a relationship with Christ is a gift and a benefit to all of us, um, because it is what brings a contentment. It is the source of contentment. It is the source of the strength, as Paul says. And, um, we have to keep our eyes on the prize, which is um, Lord Jesus, and we need to be focused on him, and then we can truly be content, whether we're hungry and starving, um, or whether we're well-fed and, you know, and flourishing, you know, um, it is God who brings contentness, and yes, the answer is actually that simple, um, you know, Paul says it, verse, um, chapter 4, verse 13, and, um, we have to challenge ourselves to break through, the worldly, fleshly temptations and desires of of living in want. Because living in want is a choice. And I think that um, everything we've discussed today really outlines that. I want to close today with a prayer. God, wherever 
the people listening may be, whether they are living in want right now, um, I ask that you would remove any guilt for them. If they're feeling guilty over having wants, I would ask that you would help them to not feel guilty, but to know that they, um, they have a lot of influences in the world right now telling them and trying to provoke them and keep them in want um, for their own destruction and for other people's selfish desires. And I ask, Lord, that for those of us living in want right now, that you would break through um, those desires and that you would help us refocus on gratitude um, for the meeting of our needs right now, Lord. I just ask that you would come into all of our hearts and show us um, your blessings in every day in every situation so that we can meditate on that and keep our eyes on our contentment with what you've already given us um, and that you would give us the courage to surrender our wants to you because it's not unhealthy to want things. It's actually a natural human desire you've programmed with us. But I just ask that you would help us navigate and um, discern um, between our wants and that you would give us the courage and the hope to press on in our relationship with you and the surrendering of it. Um, and God, I pray for the people living in need right now, the people who are going through immense and um, just really difficult times and circumstances. God, I just pray that you would renew their hearts, renew their minds daily, and that you would keep them in your peace, um, that you would um, give them the peace that transcends all understanding, that you would, um, by your spirit, prompt them to prayer, prompt them to relationship to get through this time, that you would be their strength, Lord, that you would be their comfort, um, and that you would meet their needs, um, each and every one of them, Lord. And I just ask that you would give them hope, hope for the season, hope for the future, and that you would help them with contentment um, to find the, the good things in the bad and to find the, the strength in the, in the pain. And so, God, I just ask that you would help those of us living in, in need to, um, to focus on the contentness that only comes from Christ Jesus. And in the Lord's name, I pray over all of us. Amen. And so I just hope this message goes well with you today. And um, I'm praying that um, we all, as Christ followers and people who are new to Christ and, um, and as a society, we learn to live in contentment because um, otherwise we're living in discontentment. And, and that's a waste of our time and resources and treasures. And, and we ought to, to try and rectify the situation with our culture and, and focus on the blessings um, of the Lord. And so I wish you all a great week and I'll see you guys next time.